You are listening to the Life Is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions Podcast, produced by Charles Andrews, with your host, best-selling author. Identify yourself, Carlos Mons. All right, I'm back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinion Podcast, and uh, this gentleman I got with me today is a very, very special guest. I've known him for a long time. Uh, since he was probably about four or five years old. And he has impressed me from day one, and he continued to do so. Uh, I give to you Mr. Jakar Barry. How y'all doing? <laughs> What's up, brother? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. How about yourself? Hey, doing what I can with what I got. That's all I can do. That's wrong with it. <laughs> so uh, tell them a little bit about yourself before I just start uh, beating you up with these questions, man. All right. So a little about me. Um, well, I'm from East Texas. Um, I grew up in a town called Tenahaw, and then I moved to Palestine, Texas, and then from Palestine I came to Houston. Uh, I came down here to go to the Texas Southern University. I had a, a music scholarship, well, band scholarship. I did that, and so then undergrad I majored in journalism, and then since then I've been working for the last about 10 years in, um, I guess, television production. And uh, I also, what, 2014, got my master's in theological studies from Houston Baptist University. So man. that's kind of my... Now y'all see why I got him on here. Y'all see, <laughs> this, this young man's impressive. Hey, <laughs> for the world to say these kind of, these young millennials or these young people don't exist, uh, this, this just goes to show. Now you, you mentioned sports journalism, man. We're going to start out with sports. Let's, okay, let's that's cool. With that. That's cool. <laughs> so I know, I know you're a big sports fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cowboys of Texas. Uh, you grew up on them Cowboys now. <laughs> I, I, I root for the Texans, but it's only because I want the city to be happy. I like, got you. I, it's, got it's better when the Texans are winning. You get for the sure. Sonic slush, I think. I don't know if they still do it. But, they get the slush. but I mean, I got to be at the Cowboys. Man. Hey, I, 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 I've I been know. rolling with them forever, man. I, hey, growing up, I know you grew up on them boys, but it's hard to not big with them boys. But uh, I understand, though, because uh, it's kind of the same with me. You know, I like to see Houston sports organizations win for the purpose of, of the city. Yeah. But uh, I have my own personal disdain with the Houston organizations with res with uh, regards to how they treat their players. You know, yeah, that's true. Earl at the end of his career, they just dumped him. Yeah. You know, you got uh, Akeem, they traded yeah. him off, and then even in baseball, uh, my man Nolan Ryan. Yeah. You know, you talking about three legends that they get to the end of the career and they just they show no appreciation yeah. for them. Yeah. You know? they, they don't give them that. You know, just the, the I guess you would say the. Uh, thank you for the, the, the thank you contract. You right, know, uh, right, hey, right. You know, finish it out here. You know, whatever. Yeah. Because it's like uh, even Andre Johnson, he had, he went off for yep. maybe a year or two, and it's like, man, you can you give him one more deal. Just, just, to, just, just let, let him play. Yeah, just, just let so him, he can stay home. Yeah, just let him be there. You, you know? know what I mean? But, and and you know, people ask me about liking the Cowboys and the Lakers. Um, specifically, it's not so much about the team as it is the organization. Yeah. You know? When you look at the Cowboys sideline, you see tons and tons of retired players. Yeah. You know, you see the Lakers bench on that second row. It's tons and tons of retired yeah. Lakers. You know, they just continue to take care of yeah. their guys even after they retire, man. And that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Because oh, it's funny you say that. Um, this guy I know that played for the Rockets uh, back in the 70s, 80s. He, he even mentioned that once before of how previous ownership before Mr. Fertitta got the Rockets right. didn't really take care of their players. Right. You know, the old players, like, you know, they have they having to buy tickets mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, get you know, comp tickets. Right. It's like, oh, no, man, we had to buy tickets like everybody else to go to a game. And see, that's crazy. That makes yeah, no crazy, sense, you know. know. Uh, like, you know, a lot of those guys, sports is all they know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if they can't do that, 
a lot of them end up homeless, yeah. of course, broke. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. And for a guy to help you make millions on top of millions, mm -hmm. for you not to just create a job for him. Yeah. And Jerry Jones does that. That yeah. dude, man, I was in Dallas, uh, it was a couple years ago, and just happened to be on a Sunday morning, and I'm looking at TV, and I bet six or seven ex-cowboys had TV, you know, sports yeah. talk shows. Yeah. Even Nate Newton, this dude was yeah. a, a felon. <laughs> yeah. And, and he got his own talk show, yeah. man. I was like, you know Jerry pulling those strings. Yeah. I don't know if you ever paid attention to Mark Cuban. Yeah. Uh, like, he he kind of, so his, his players, or his favorite players, right. he'll create a job for them. Like, I think it's Michael Finley is a special assistant to the owner. Right. And all, all, as far as what I know, all he does is kind of go to the games and sit behind the bench and yeah. just kind of hang out. Right. And they pay, I don't know what they pay him, but I'm like, I'm sure it's good. It keep, him, to, it keep yeah. him from being under a bridge. Yeah. That's number you know, one. You look him up, you know. Yeah, and they, I, that, see that, I, I mean, that just means a lot. You yeah. know, um, as a sports fan, as a father that had a son play uh, football, like, cause like I said, once that's over, if you can't do nothing else, man, you know, extend that helping hand to yeah. help me just, Maintain. Oh yeah, most you know definitely. what I mean. Most definitely. It just it, it says a lot about organizations that do that. You're right. Um, uh, sticking with sports. So so tell us a little bit about your job. So I I work uh, for the Rockets and the Astros in their I guess you would call it video well production of the games. Right. So uh, I mainly work on the pre and post game show, but I do also do stuff that integrates in the game okay. or for the weekly magazine shows. And I've been working with them for like I say for like the past ten years. So right. Okay. Different company names. Our current name now is AT and T Sportsnet Southwest. Okay. So, but it's been Fox Sports Houston. Uh, CSN Houston, Root Sports Houston, so I transitioned with all of those basically to where I'm at now. You're still doing what you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now this is a special question I had someone told me to ask, make sure I ask you. Do you feel like women get a, a fair shot as far as sports and with male, in regards to male sports? So yes and no. The reason I say yes is because if you look at TV now, a majority of the reporting jobs on the sideline is usually a woman. Correct. Which is what they're transitioning to. I've kind of noticed it over the past probably four or five years of them getting away from the status quo older white guy right. to finding ladies, women, you know. Do you see different colors and you know mm -hmm. things like that. But the no part is because it's still somewhat a stigma of a woman. Right. And okay. so it's like a woman may ask a certain question and then it's like scrutinized. Or right. it's like, um, man, why does she ask that? Or um, like you have sometimes um, more, more like behind the scenes side of people talking about, dang, I had to feed her everything. She don't know nothing. She just looks good on camera. Right, So she right. gets the job. And so it's like, it's a yes to me, yes and no, because it's like, yeah, they're getting them, you know, they're trying to be more diverse and different things, but they also at the same time, sometimes they have people there who just look good, right. who don't really know the sport, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know when Erin uh, Andrews got her job, I think it was Lisa Salters, whoever she replaced. You know, the, the lady was not very happy about it at all. Yeah, Pam Oliver. Pam Oliver, that's yeah, yeah Pam, Pam Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. And so I was reading an article where they interviewed Pam, and she said uh, it, it really boiled down to Erin Andrews had a stronger social media presence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she had more Twitter followers. Yeah. And so the network felt like, hey, she can contribute more and bring more people as far as viewership, yeah. you know. How you feel about that? And it's it's crazy because that's the the TV business business is totally changing. Right. From the time I came in, I started like in two thousand seven or eight interning. 
from that time until now is totally different. Right. Like um, the, even the place I interned at is like now defunct, and they don't even do news anymore. CW wow. Thirty Nine. Okay. They now they just kind of do like they did the Talking Head show where they had nothing but videos because they're like, oh, that's what people want to see. Right. But it's like you know now it's all about okay social media presence and driving the game to. Um, you know, people watching on their phones. They're right. Like, they're like kids nowadays have a phone in their hand more often. Correct. We want them to watch our game on the phone. So it's like now, okay, how can we get a deal that um, caters to putting the games on your phone? Right. It's like uh, that wasn't a thing before, and it wasn't written in the original TV contracts that were written four or five years ago. Right. Because they weren't thinking about, oh, everybody's gonna be, you know, riding around their phone, even in the car. Let me just, you know, I'm riding around watching the game in my car. Right. Right. And so now they're trying to. Um, figure that out as far as um, how can we maximize and monetize this mm -hmm. and so now you're starting to see um, DZAN, DAZN with the streaming net, streaming packages and uh -huh. um, your, even your cable provider now a lot of them are offering streaming packages to just get games you yeah, know? Yeah. and so that's the new thing that people are doing now is they're trying to figure out how to get to your phone because that's where you are now right. the people going home and you know cooking dinner and watching the game in the background is like kind of obsolete now yeah. because <laughs> most time people now you know we don't cook dinner we just go out and buy some at a restaurant go everything sit at a restaurant. is on the go <laughs> yeah I call Uber Eats or Postmates right. or whatever Yeah. so I'm not you know thinking about the game and so it's just you know is the the transition of the business is leaving some of the old guard left out because that's not their thing right and so right. it's like you're having to try to keep the faces of these networks and things but just also build them up and so that's just kind of where it's transitioning to it's crazy because i remember um back when i was in school you know teachers saying you know everything's changing because yep. i think think about it newspapers right you don't right, buy them right. anymore right right and it's like the newspaper business is obsolete i'm like man i, I always wanted to grow up writing in the newspaper like right, going right. to the game on friday night doing a write-up but now it's like that's not you don't no, need it no more because no, that's yesterday well unless you move back to palestine oh yeah definitely they still yeah. buying them up, but, <laughs> but yeah no no it's it's just uh I, I appreciate evolution though you yeah. know uh, my thing with, with people that get upset I'm like man you got to learn how to evolve with the yeah. business or you will be left behind oh you yeah know? definitely even in what I do you know in entertainment it's uh I don't like the way direction comedy is going so to speak with 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 these instant oh, uh, yeah. superstars yeah. on Instagram and whatnot because when you come see them in a comedy club they you know they can't hold water on, yeah. on stage yeah. but I'm not mad about it yeah. you know you have to learn how to figure that out like okay how can i incorporate that with what i'm doing and yeah. continue the mission and, and you know and keep yeah. moving but to just sit around and sulk and be upset about it like it's yeah that does you no good you know um i know you may not remember a day when we did not have espn now i have my theory about to me espn is is the best and worst thing that happened to sports right when i was growing up the sports was like the last three minutes of the news cycle, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And if it wasn't your your team, in a, you know, a local team, yeah. or the Cowboys, you didn't see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was still just scores. Like yeah. there were really no highlights or nothing like that, right? But when ESPN came about, it was it was amazing. Like man, we can see highlights day in day out, yeah. you know. But it's to me the worst part is now they start to go into things that has nothing to do with sports. Yeah, you know. Uh, when you're announcing guys' salaries and all that, like I'm like, man, come on, man. 
And and that's just part of, I guess, the era we're in right now. Right. Of people wanting to know everything about these people. Right. And so it's like, I don't know if you remember, they they were doing this show. Because I, I, honestly, I really don't watch a lot of ESPN anymore. And it's just because I don't... They don't they don't do highlights anymore. Right. I was watching for highlights. Yeah. And now it's all these talking heads. It's gossip. Yeah. But that's what people want. They want because if you think about it, I can post I can't post a highlight online, mm-hmm. but I can post this clip of so and so saying, "Oh, they're the worst player of all time." Right. And people, they're like, "What?" Right. Oh, I'm gonna get on the comments and start commenting. There you and go. And so it's all about just driving them to their websites and getting these clicks so they can more they can sell more ads on their website. Right. right. Oh, I had this many clicks. Or I had this many views on Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now come to now. You got to pay me X amount of dollars. And so it's just part of the new business model to put these talking head shows up. Right. No highlights, just y'all argue and then put it online and then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like that, that hot, because I mean, I like you said, I remember growing up and it was all about the highlights. Right. It's right. like, oh man, look how he, oh, he said, oh, he said, oh, what did he say? Um, cool as the other side of the pillow. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, oh man, that, that's, I like that line. I like that line. I want right. to do that. And you sitting at the house. Doing it yourself. You're like, I'm going to turn the volume down and do the highlight. Right. Oh, he made the three. He's this, this. But now, just about arguing, basically. Because that's what people do. Opinions and gossip, yeah. man. You know, a lot of them, they talk with no validity. Yeah. And and for the non-sports people, they just talking, just shooting it out of a cannon. Yeah. You know, and it's just frustrating. So I'm like you. I don't even watch it. Uh, for the most part, I watch Skip and Shannon. Yeah. But that's really about it, man. Because yeah. uh, the other ones don't really, they just don't do it. Um. But yeah, it's, it's just getting crazy. Like I said, I don't like how, you know, when a guy signed a monster contract, the oh, yeah. whole world know what he made. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want you in my business like that. I mean, that. It's, it's websites now that literally, I don't know how they get it, but they they, they access, not like not complete access, but they have, oh, this is what he should be making per year, according to. You kidding? Yeah, so it's like, I can get online right now and type in Chris Paul, and I'll see that he's going to make $44 million over the next, or like 41 42, 44, 45 of his contract. Right. I can see how it breaks down or whatever. And it doesn't include all your bonuses and stuff like that. Man, but that's crazy. Base salary. You can get on, <laughs> and it's crazy, but it's what people do. Everybody in your business, yeah. man. No, I can't deal with that. Yeah. And then, of course, they always say it now. You hear a commentator, the $100 million man. Yeah. The, yeah. you know, just a constant reminder. Yeah. And it's like, damn, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's gone away from what it, it was really about, yeah. you know, man. And I understand, like I said, it's the evolution, it's the business, and yeah. it's just, it's all about the numbers. People want to be in your business. It's like, yeah. it's, it's just what it is. It's like, it's funny. People like, you know, random people. Oh, man, what kind of job you got to do this or drive this or stay here? Right. It's like, I just got a regular job like you. <laughs> like, you got, you know. Yeah, man, it's crazy. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break on the uh, Life is Not Complicated Strong Opinion podcast and come back with my man, Jacquard. You're listening to Voices of the Next Generation on the Life is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions Podcast. The thing students say, like, you know, man, because of this book, I didn't commit suicide. Because of this book, I can now uh, speak in public and come out of my shell. Because of this book, I'm not so worried about what other people say about me, you know, not looking for their validation. That's what means that you know. That's what that's what touches me. Um, my favorite chapter was about not letting either your boss, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, family, anybody get in your way of being successful in whatever it is you want to do. To purchase life is not complicated. You are or the other ninety nine times, or to download the audio versions, please visit carloswallace.com. 
All right, we're back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated, Strong Opinion Podcast. Uh, we're going to move on to the next segment, man. Uh, so growing up in East Texas, I know you're a godly man. I know you, you had to go to church because that's just what we had to do. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, just because I follow you on social media, you know, and I, I see your posts, you think, I know you still, that's yeah. that's deep within. Yeah. So share a little bit about your faith and how, how it plays a part in your so, daily life. For me, um, I think faith is pivotal to, you know, whatever you believe, whatever faith you believe, but I believe faith in something is somewhat pivotal just to, to daily life. You know, I, I have friends who are, atheists i have friends who are muslim right friends who are different than different beliefs but um for me I, i'm a christian and i'm i'm cool with that you know i've challenged the faith and i i believe that that's what you know the right path for me right 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 and so um essentially that's how i guess my faith impacts you know how i try to live mm -hmm. you know it, it affects i guess some of my ideology right and it also um, it's just a, just a vital part to me of my, my life, you know, like I want to um, grow in my faith and grow in my knowledge at all times about, you know, my beliefs. Um, like when I was about 15 years old, I was called into the ministry mm -hmm. in which, um, you know, I did that for a while. And then I kind of I said, I always say sure, this is part of my story. I kind of went away from it because it was like, oh, man, I didn't I don't know. You know, I was struggling with it. Right. But, you know, I came back, you know, years later, um, about five, six years after, you know, later on. And it's kind of where I'm at now is just, you know, still doing my thing, still in ministry. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of. I get it. I yeah. get it. I mean, we all had those times where you go, is this the right thing? Yeah. And then, you you know, and then you get that reminder. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> and to me, in all honesty, that is because when, you, when you're a child, you kind of get, you know, whatever your parents kind of believe, they teach you because that's what they want you to believe. Right. But my one of the things I always have issue with is people who um, never really studied anything for themselves. Right. And they just get on YouTube and find something. And then it's like, okay, this gotta be what is right because right. this YouTube video told me. And it's like, dude, <laughs> did you the book the man mentioned? Did you read it yourself? No. Because he might have took it out of context. He right. might have took it because everybody, how I look at like life, basically, because everybody has a lens that you see life through. Like mm -hmm. I, I view life as a black man, you know, from East Texas. That, that's my, that's how I grew up. You know, how you know, single mother. Right. So it's like I grow up. That's my what kind of got me to how I kind of view the world. Right. But somebody else from the other side of the world grew up in New York City, two parents, you know, may have grew up extremely wealthy, gonna view the world totally different. Totally different. And so it's like, you can't just take what this guy says, you know, as the gospel. You have to kind of, you know, research and study yourself. And yeah, I right. think that's what we all need to, you know, do as far as faith-wise, you know. Yep. Study for yourself, figure out, you know, what you want to do and if, you, if this is right for you. Right, and I, and I couldn't agree more, man, uh, you know, we both like the shoes, but make sure they're comfortable for your feet too. Yeah, you know yeah. Uh, that's that's to me that's not just with faith. That's with anything. Oh yeah, definitely. but with all my decisions start there, you know, yeah. and 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 how I believe. But it, it's like uh, even with with political aspirations, social justice, all of that. Yeah. What one person say on social media, Facebook, may not fit. Yeah. You know the way I was raised, and I'm like, yeah. no, nah, man, that dude was wrong. He should have done this, or you know, yeah. uh, respect for authority and, and this and that. You know, somebody parents taught them, 
you ain't got to listen to nobody but me. Yeah, true. And you and I both know you was taught you listen to grown folks, period. Yeah, period. <laughs> you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know, and if you disagree, you come home and tell me yeah. and let me go talk to that. Yeah. But it ain't your place to uh -huh. even try to, to uh, you know, battle with no adult true. about nothing. Very true. You know, Very true. Um, I was talking to someone about the Trayvon Martin situation. Yeah. And they said, man, what if that was your son? I said, no, my son. As soon as a grown man tried to stop him, he would have turned around, ran home, and got me. Yeah. He wouldn't have tried to fight the guy. You know yeah. what I mean? That that's a that's a difference in, in how uh, different people are raised and how yeah. they how they view things. Like yeah. you said, a different lens. And, and and like you were saying, it's it's like I remember times like growing up where I didn't agree with an adult. Right. Like you said. <laughs> right. And it's like if I I know if I say something, Ooh. what's gonna happen when I get home? Ooh. So let me just say yes, sir. That's right. And I'm gonna go home. And just tell them, hey, this is what, like you saying, this is what happened. Uh -huh. And it's just like you saying, it's everybody's just so different, and you know, what they figure is the right thing to do with right. that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I know uh, how, how I had to do it. Yeah. Even if I disagreed, I can't tell that person. Yeah. I got to go home, mama, daddy, or whatever, and, and let yeah. them know this is what went down. And let them say it was wrong. Like, just like I was thinking about the other day, I was laughing at the house. Like, we couldn't even say, say oh, they was lying on me. Oh, no. You, lying was a cuss word. What? You said, well, dude, what? <laughs> Come on back here. Yeah, because I got something for you. For yeah. Somebody lying, especially a grown person. Come on, man. You couldn't say nothing like that. No. Oh, and, and it's just, like I said, today, and that don't make you soft. It don't make yeah. you no punk. You just raised with principles, you yeah. know. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And uh, I encourage you to, to maintain that and don't let anybody talk you out of that. You, you, you know, know, one of the funniest and hardest things for me to do when I start, I joined the workforce, is not saying yes, sir, and no, sir, to my manager. Me too. And they were like, hey, man, you know, we, I'm, I understand I'm your manager. Right, I'm right. Like, but you older than me. Right, right, and right. I was always taught if somebody's older than you, that, that's no it. matter what, period. Yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, yep. you know. And, they, and I'm just now getting to the point of where I'm like, okay, right. th you know, th and it's like, dang, man, it just took me this long before I, and I'm still kind of yeah, uncomfortable yeah. with it just because it's like it was so ingrained in me. You right. Know what I mean? it, it, it's funny you bring that up because uh, when I started working for the railroad, you know, and my dad worked out there. So you talking about, I say I was 23, so he was probably, you know, 40, mid 40s. Mm -hmm. uh, no, mid 50s. And so anyway, he, uh, uh, 23, 49, but uh, some of his, his guys, you know, his peers that I knew growing up, yeah. I was a kid saying, yes, sir. Now I'm their peer, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm working with them. <laughs> and even some, I became their union rep, yeah. but I'm still saying, yes, sir. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and some of them get offended. Like, hey man, yeah. you ain't gotta let everybody know I'm old. You yeah, know what I like, Same here. And it's like, no, I just can't help it. Yeah, yeah, man, I've been knowing you since I was six. Yeah, like, you exactly. know, it is, it is what it is, bro. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a good habit that's hard to break. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, matter of fact, when I'm in New York a lot, you know, and I, I, it's always yes, ma'am, and they say you must be from the south. Yeah, like they think yeah. right away. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, man. So with, with with regards to your peers, you know, is is there any pressure with regards to your your beliefs, your faith, and and um, I, always doing the right thing. I, ironically, um, the people that I know from like my, my co-workers like on my Facebook, that was like, I know you're a religious guy. You right. Know, or, and or whatever. Or they, if they curse, they yeah. apologize. Right. I'm like, man, it ain't, it ain't that crucial, you know. Right, I mean? right. I'm like, I've been around this, you know, y'all and everything. I'm not, you know, that guy where I'm just pumping stuff down your throat. But 
you know, y'all know, y'all know what I believe. Y'all know what I think. Y'all yeah. see my posts. Y'all, you know, follow me when I'm here, there, whatever. So y'all know. And you stir the bees up on your post. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I like. But, to. but I like that because you, you. I like to. As a, as a young man, you know, challenging people in their thoughts yeah. with, with with provocative posts and and you know, it, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's not just posting nonsense. Yeah. Like you, you, you really, uh, like I said, the thought-provoking post saying, "Look, man, think this out." Yeah. And you ain't telling them how to think. Yeah. You know, and I pay attention to it. And there's a wide array of answers to it. Yeah. You know. And and that's what I like is that over throughout life, I met people from all different walks and aspects of life. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when they comment, and it's like, okay, I can see why that person commented that way right. because they experienced this, this, this that I know about. Right. You know, and so it makes it. Makes it something that's cool, you know. Mm -hmm. Keep it balanced. We keep yeah. it balanced, man. And like I was telling uh, my wife about that, um, I was like, "Yo," I said, "You don't really know that many people, you know, because she grew up here in Houston on mm -hmm. the north side, you know." And I was like, "You don't really know that many people from this outside of Houston." She was like, "Nah, not really." Probably south side and, either. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she was like, "Nah, not really." Outside of people from TSU, I'm like, "It's just weird to me because right. you know, like us growing up, you have people move in from different places." Yep. Or, you know, whatever, and it's like, okay, that person came from here, that's cool, or people leaving and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And you just meet all these different people with different, you know, walks of life, which is always interesting to me. And it's, that's why it's hard for me to, to create division. Yeah. Because it's like, man, it's so blended. Yeah. You know, matter of fact, the article yesterday, I saw you shared it about, uh, it said, black media only. Yeah. You know, in, that, in the mayoral press conference or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I saw it on another post and I said, well, what if you're a white person that worked for black media? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you do with that? Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, you know, what if BET get a press pass to, to the white journalists they got? Yeah. Do, do, do you kick them out? Yeah. And, and, and that was interesting to me because um, a lot of people, like I saw my, t my friends from TV mm -hmm. were like just outraged. Right. And I was like, well, do you, they probably don't remember a time whenever oh, it, yeah. was, it was white media only. Correct. Where it's like, oh, that, he can't come in here. You right. Know, he can't. Um, I forgot who I was talking to about it, but they were older and they were like, uh, they had worked in the 60s and mm -hmm. they were just saying, they remember they were traveling with the team, uh, one of the teams here, and they couldn't stay in the hotel with the rest of the team and the other media. They had to stay at a hotel down the road. Correct. Because of, they were like, it was just what the time it was. We yeah. didn't think anything about it. We just knew, mm -hmm. you know, we couldn't stay there. And it's like, nowadays you have the media right there with the team and it's yeah. no issue. And it's like, but I'm sure the people who are on my page, because they're younger, mm -hmm. I can't believe they would say that. And it's like, well, I mean, 40 years ago, that was normal. It was normal. Yeah, yeah. And I share in my in my first book, I talk about um, my mother, you know, uh, proud Westwood alumni. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she went to when she went to Henderson County Junior College, now Trinity Valley. As a freshman, she's on the basketball team, only black. Yeah. And uh, probably the best player on the team. Yeah. She hit the game winning bucket. The team go to a restaurant to eat, and she can't go in. Yeah, she got to eat on the bus by herself. Yeah, you know, and I put that in there to remind people yeah. that that wasn't a long time ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Specifically, us. I want us mm -hmm. to remember that. Yeah, you know, why you arguing at a Starbucks, man? Because they don't want you sitting there. To hell with Starbucks. Just if, if they don't want me there, I don't want to be there. Yeah, you know, because everywhere I go, I add value, and I don't yeah. want my value added to your place. Yeah. You know, and not not to mention, I'm not gonna force you to take my money. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. Very true. <laughs> you very know? true. But we we get too caught up into begging for acceptance. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, now nah, we're going about it the wrong way. And, and, and it's funny you say that because I was just listening to actually on the way over here this artist I like, and it, one of his lines in his songs is, "We exit Egypt um, 
speaking resistance, but then we turn around and ask Pharaoh for assistance. Wow. And it's like, that's kind of like, you know, we need these programs, we need this, but it's like, okay, so what if we don't get that? What, you know, what then do what? we do then? Yeah. yeah. And so a friend of mine challenged me because I was in a, a meeting the other day and it, it really bothered me because they said, we, we're sitting here with a diverse panel. I said, diverse? <laughs> white dude, white dude, Asian dude, white dude, white dude. And that's I guess, the definition I guess the, of diversity the was because two of them, one of them was Asian, and then one of them was not from America, uh, and the on, other man. one, other one had lived overseas for so, and it's like, so that's diversity, right? And then a, a lady in the room asked the question because it was like a simulcast meeting, or whatever. She was like, speaking of diversity, why aren't there any women on the panel, right? Or, you know what? And right. he was like, you know, we thought about that, and we feel like this for right now, this time being, this is what the most diverse group we could have because our pool for what, and it's like. Get okay. Okay. Well, don't but, call it diverse. But my friend said, "Be the change you want to see." Correct. And I said, "You know what? Maybe, it, maybe you're right. I do need to try to figure out what I need to do to try to get into position to get into this room where I'm on this panel. You know, actually being diverse. You know what I mean? I agree with that. I agree with that. And and to get there and say, "No, I'm gonna create just an all black panel." Well, you you became what you hated. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so what 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 good was that? You yeah. know what and, I mean? And, and like you were saying, I I don't. I don't think that every person who isn't black is bad. Right, right, right. There are, of course, are bad apples. Yeah. I've had instances in school and just in regular life where of I've course. been profiled and have had, you know, have had said things said to me that weren't, you know, right. Right. But at the same time, I know that's not everybody. Correct. You know? And so it's just kind of like doing that and uh, just saying, oh, everybody's terrible and bad. I, yeah. I can't do that. You know. No, no, that's that's crazy, because. Uh, Hell, everybody black ain't good. True. You know, yeah, you know true. Uh, but but it, it's bad hap, apples in any basket. That's yeah. just that's just how it is, you yeah. know. And you are gonna have people that's here to take advantage of a situation yeah. more so than they should. Yeah. Uh, you are gonna have people that don't contribute nearly as much as they take away. Uh, yeah. That's just that's the nature of you know being a human. And uh, I think we got to see that and, and have a greater appreciation instead of just saying it's about the skin color because yeah. that really has nothing to do with it true um, yeah man but uh so i'm gonna take another break man I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this oh, yeah, brother yeah. this 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 man here he he's showing out today <laughs> all right we'll be right back with you on the life is not complicated strong opinion podcast five four three two one zero the other 99 times count your blessings Season 2, showing now on NetNY.TV, Theos by Verizon Channel 48, Optimum Channel 30, and Spectrum Channel 97. Season 1, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Global warming, tech policy, social justice, climate change, and much more on the third season of The Life Is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions Podcast. All right, we back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinions Podcast. Uh, I want to get into something that I know you like talking about. Let's get on these politics. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so with regards to this political climate, how do you think your, your peers are viewing everything and how they feel about it? So I, I think Trump 
for everything that everybody says bad about him, something that is good is that he made everybody everybody more politically aware. Yeah. yeah. Everybody after the Trump election has since then been like, wait a minute. I don't like what he says. How do he become president? So right. people now are looking into things like the Electoral College and right. looking into things about, you know, like uh, PACs mm -hmm. and super PACs and looking into things of like, you know, people's actual policy more than just going to vote for somebody because, oh, I like, you know, how he was dressed or, oh, he said one thing in one speech that I like. Right. Now people are like, okay, let me research this guy. Let me look into this guy. So I think that was the best thing that happened from this whole Trump pres presidency mm -hmm. and news cycle and all this stuff. I agree. I agree. It's, um, I love that more people are paying attention now. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see the voting numbers go up. Yeah. You know, the participation has definitely gone up in regards yeah. to people talking about what's going on. Yeah. So we'll see in November each year how, how much it impacted from here on out. Yeah. I, and I also think that like, um, like my age group, we were kind of, I, I feel like the millennial is just in a weird spot. Right. Just because we have, um, we kind of went to school and we're told, you know, this is what Democrats do. This is what Republicans do. Right. This is what independents, you know, they really don't matter. And it's like we were just kind of all lumped into, OK, well, I think I'm supposed to be a Democrat or I'm supposed to be a Republican based off of X, Y, Z. Right. And then you hear some of the things that a Democrat says. It's like, wait a minute. That don't make sense. I don't, I don't like that. You right. Some of wait a minute. I do like that. And it's like, OK, maybe I may lean more to them. But because I was supposed to be a Democrat, you know. Right. Right. And so it's like. I think that now a lot of people are starting to just, you know, really try to figure out why I'm supposed to do this or believe this way or, and if it's perfect, you know, for me. Right. Well, I can say growing up in East Texas, uh, a churchgoer three to five times a week. Oh, yeah. For the most part, you're going to be conservative because oh, yeah. that's the way that, you was raised. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I'm a Democrat, have been, because I vote pro-labor. Yeah. You know, I've been a union guy my whole life even before I was born, you know, fifth generation railroad. So I, I'm going to always rock with the candidates that's about pro-labor yeah. because at the end of the day, you vote for what put food on your table. Yeah. You know, uh, if a candidate is Muslim and I'm Christian, hey, that ain't got nothing to do with me. You know, mm -hmm. does he, uh, you know, help the industry in which I work? Yeah. You know what I mean? So those are the things I tell people. That's the first thing you think about. Yeah. Then I, everything else is secondary, you mm -hmm. know, because again, I, I would tell guys, you can vote for a pro-gun candidate but if you ain't got a job to buy the gun what good yeah. did you do yeah. <laughs> you know yeah so in the same on, on the other end like hey man this guy here he's for for reparations but yeah but the industry you work in he's saying he gonna get rid, get of, rid it. of it yeah so so you gotta yeah. you gotta look and think about that like I, I was having a conversation um with a buddy of mine because i told him i said I'm probably more Republican than I am Democrat. Yeah, I, I definitely said, am. I know it. I was like, just but based off my ideology of what I think is, you know, what I agree with. Right. I was like, but some of the other things they do, I just can't rock with. Correct. Or yes. some of the things, because I, I, I'm, pre I'm pretty independent, because I'm, right. I don't know what you call it, but I'm kind of right down the middle, because right. sometimes I might vote Republican, right. sometimes I might vote Democrat. You know, mm -hmm. it just depends on what it is, what they're talking it's about. It's the candidate. And that, it, yeah, it, that person. It, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I'm, I've never really just been a straight ticket dude. It's uh -huh. kind of like, Okay, let me try to research these candidates to see, you know, which one fits me best. And it's good to hear that. And um, and so uh, it's funny because I, I got it. Somebody sent a text. One of these candidates, you know, they get, they get your number. Right. Hey, can I count on your vote? I said, actually, I didn't vote for you the first time. Right. <laughs> so I'm not gonna vote for you this time. <laughs> and how'd you get my number? <laughs> and I, I said, and if you would, you know, just take me off your text list. Thank you, you know. Right. But it's just like. 
for me, I, I feel like everything needs to be case by case. You right. know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. You can't just go all in on one thing, especially when you don't know. You end up with something that is hurting you more mm -hmm. than it's helped you. you right, know? right. I was, I was on the, uh, both Obama campaigns, and on the first one, we were doing this town hall meeting in, um, in Pennsylvania, me and two other organizers. And it was one guy, you know, he stepped to the mic and he just going in on Obama and why he can't vote for him. And uh, older white guy, you know, in, in a nutshell, it was, he didn't feel like he had enough experience. Yeah. And he said, well, you got McCain, you know, he's a decorated war veteran and on and on and on and on. And I said, uh, well, have you, I said, what do you, what do you do? He said, well, I'm a coach. I said, oh, okay. I said, have you taken a look at both of them educational policy that they want to enact yeah. if they're elected? He said, no. I said, well, McCain's, he want all teachers, all educators to be in the classroom at least six hours. Mm. And you know, some coaches yeah, don't, they, they don't never coach. teach yeah. class. Uh -uh. And so he stopped for a second. He thought about it. He said, is that right? I said, yeah, how many classes do you teach? He said, well, I don't teach any. Yeah. I said, you might better rethink your vote. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, that's the point I'm making. Like, man, you better think about what it is you do. Yeah and how they will affect your industry. Yeah. You know, and when you start doing that, it has nothing to do with black or white, yeah. uh, male or female. It has everything to do with, okay, I can't vote for somebody taking food off my table. Yeah. Like that, that's that makes true. no sense. That's very true. And when you, when you, that, to me, that simplifies it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. a whole lot. <laughs> um, so with regards to sticking with the politics, man, like social media is playing a strong impact in it now. Yeah. And especially with, with your generation, yeah. you know, how do you feel like social media is, is it good, bad, indifferent? I feel like it's very harmful. Yeah. Because I, I edit video all day. <laughs> so you, so <laughs> I literally, like just yesterday, I took out um, an answer. It, it was a whole, a whole, like a minute answer of an interview. Uh -huh. I took that one portion out. And I put the I put the interview back together, and yeah. it sounded like totally different. Changed the whole interview, and, and it changed the whole thing. Yeah. But it's like it's what we needed. It didn't make him look bad. It just took out the part that he said that he didn't like. Right, know? right, right. So he's like, I really didn't like that answer. Right. Took it out, and it changed. The, it didn't change. It didn't change the overall context. Right. But I know it was another part that's missing. Right. And so social media. Um, oh shoot! Let me take the best two minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'll take the two minutes from the middle of the other end of the conversation. Right. And put it online. And it's like, what? Yeah. He said this? Yeah. Or he did that? Oh, I'm bone for that dude. And it's like, but you know he had a whole 50-minute segment that he did Correct. prior to that that get that got him to that point. And so it's like, I I, I believe I saw this clip and so I believe that. Right, right. And so now I'm bone for that dude. And not even considering what else could have gone with it. What else could because I'm like, if you look at most of these things, they aren't just like sitting here with a phone. Right. They're, they're like at a at a town hall or whatever Absolutely. they're doing something and you just hear this clip and like that was one of the things with um uh award award right. it was like a lot of his clips were just shared and i um and they were just shared and it's like did y'all listen to the whole thing to see what else he was saying you know before you just probably not this is the greatest candidate ever yeah he should be the president and it's like okay but what if he voted against whatever when he was in you know congress or whatever right what if he voted against that and it's like you still rocking with him like that yeah. No oh, man, I seen that interview, man. He, he, I'm telling you, man, I seen it. And so it's bad because it's two minutes of what makes your ears feel good mm -hmm. as opposed to any kind of substance. Yep. You know? It's funny you bring that up. I did an interview once, and it was it was right after Trump had won, mm -hmm. and uh, the question was, uh, how how do I feel like Trump will? No, how do I feel like it'll impact me as a black man? 
And I said, no, no different at all. Like, as hard as it was to be a black man in America yesterday, it'll be the same way tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Trump winning has no direct effect on me whatsoever, right? Yeah. And uh, most of it is in your mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm gonna still go to work, still do yeah. what I do. I you know, it's, it is what it is. I said, but what I do think will change is he will roll back a lot of things for women that Obama advanced. They cut that part out of the interview. <laughs> yeah. And now look, he yeah. rolled a lot yeah. of that back. Yeah. But they cut that part out. And yeah. I was like, so when I saw it, I'm with you. I was like, well, I know it's a part that's missing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's a network that's probably pro-Trump. So yeah. they, 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 they don't know, want that. We yeah. ain't going to let that we, get stick in there. Yeah, we want that. This one part of what he said for our, our right. show. But like, um, who was it? Um, like I was telling one of my, because a lot of my coworkers are, um, I think outside of one or uh, or two are, uh, Republicans, uh -huh. and they always and it's funny because when I, whenever I come in, because everybody think they're like, oh, he, he definitely Democrat. And it's like, nah, man, I just argue the other side of the of the, of the uh, equation. Make you think. Yeah, yeah. And so um, they always have they always talking about it like in the office and everything. I come by, they'll stop. Like, y'all ain't gotta stop, man. <laughs> I, I'm cool. Cause like I told my coworker, I said, in all honesty, I don't have a problem with Trump. Mm -hmm. I said, I have a problem with what he says. Right. I'm like, I don't feel like my president should be on Twitter arguing with everybody else. I'm Correct. like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Correct. I said, I'm, a, I'm an everyday Joe. Yeah. I'm supposed to argue on Twitter, not right. the president. Not you know? the president. And um, I'm like, I said, look at the criminal reform thing that he had did. I'm mm -hmm. like, that was that was helpful for a lot of black and brown people. But it's overshadowed. Said, it's overshadowed <laughs> because why? He was probably on, on Twitter the same day right. arguing with somebody. Yep. And it's like, what yep. you want me to do? Yep. You know, I, if he just stopped that part, he might actually be all right. He might you know? be all right. Well, what I said, uh, I, in the fourth grade, I got voted president of junior historians. Man, and and uh, at Joe Wright Elementary, Jacksonville, Texas. Yeah. And some, at some point, shortly thereafter, I, some, I was talking to someone and they asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up. I said, the first black president, <laughs> you know, it was way back then. Yeah. And what bothers me is a kid somewhere saying they want to be president and they looking at Trump and changing their mind. Yeah. Like, that's what bothers me. Yeah. You know, it's a kid saying, man, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> because whoever's president, that's what you think a president is. Yeah. You know, and uh, is he a little different than traditional? Some I like. But I'm with you. The Twitter and the, and the you know, telling uh, journalists to shut up. You yeah. know, like, come on, man. Yeah. Have some decorum and, and be, cla you know, have some class about yourself. Yeah. But as far as policies and, and whatnot, it's very few that he's he's enacted that I disagree with, yeah. you know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. It's your delivery, man. You need to work yeah. on that. <laughs> you and, know? And it's funny. Um, What's, what's that old saying? You get more bees with honey. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember right. exactly. Yeah. But it's just like, man, if you didn't argue with these folks all the time, they'll, they'll cut you some slack. That's right. be at your throat every day because you ain't, you know, yeah, you, you You approach them and their fist is already clutched because yeah. they think you come in the yeah, fight. They think I'm, yeah. You know, they don't even know you come in peace and we just want to sit down and, and discuss. They yeah. think you come in the fight. Exactly. Automatically just because of your character, you yeah. know. Now, with that, uh, how does your your generation feel about immigrants and this and our immigration reform? So, uh, um, and I can only base it off people you know that I've interacted with via social media or in conversation. Right. Um, and for me personally, I'm not anti having stricter immigration laws. Right. I'm like, but if also 
I feel like it could be something done to, I guess, help those people. If they're, if you're leaving a situation that you feel like I need to walk all these miles or whatever, mm-hmm. I want to think that it's that you're not coming here just just to do something bad. If you did all that to get there, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that you actually, you know, have legit reason to literally throw everything away there and try to come here. So I think you can try to do something to help them. Yeah. But what that is, I don't know. Like I was. Um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine and um, she was telling me that it's pretty much because I like one thing I was saying, I was like, can you like, give them like, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars or something, send them mm-hmm. back. Maybe that helps their life because the, the dollars value more there or something. I don't know. Right. And she's like, well, that kind of be impossible because the budget gets set at a certain number and I can't just give everybody who comes up here because people have people coming back. Right, you know, right, most right. Of the time, oh, I just get a thousand dollars. I'm just going to go here. Right, come right. Back, get another thousand. I'm like, I don't know what you do to help them. But these people usually aren't bad people. Right. Ninety-five percent of them. Right. You know, they aren't doing anything. I, they aren't taking people. Oh, they're coming to take my job. I'm like, if you work, if you work at IBM <laughs> or you work at one of these tech companies, you really think your a, job pretty safe. An immigrant going to come take your job. Right, right, You know right. what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like I feel like it's so much hate, hate rhetoric around it. Yeah. And I'm like, if you think about it, America's a nation of immigrants. We all can't. Nobody was here outside of Native Americans. You, you was either you either came here by slavery or you're an immigrant. Yeah, pick. Yeah, it's, it's up to you. Pick yeah, one. You know. And so it's like that's kind of what we're about, like our country. But it's just so much hate with that, and it's so such a stigma with that word. Right, right. You're an immigrant. It's like what people start looking like. Okay, yeah. like, do I need to be upset about it or do I need to, you know, how how do I need to react to it? Right. So I really don't know the general consensus about it. Uh-huh. Because it's people are so, you know, on either side of it. But for me, I'm like, you can do something to, to help them while also not to saying here's free access to everything. Right. Know? Well, I, here, here's my take on it. If uh, you once had your own home and there's something that's threatening in your home that make you say, Carlos, man, can I stay over here? Well, if I get tired of you staying in my house, I ain't going to kick you out. We're going to go to your house and try to conquer whatever it is that's making you want to leave. Yeah. With that said, instead of sending 5,000 troops to the border, well, we send 5,000 troops to South America and clean the mess up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and say, hey, man, this drug cartels or whoever it is that's, that's running everything, running rampant, we're we going to come here to take care of that. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do in these all-rich countries. Yeah. If it's if it's hoodlums that's running things, yeah. we're going to say, no, nah, we're going to come here and be the police. We're going to get this all straight because yeah. you threatening our money. And, and that, that kind of ties back into, uh, I, I got a buddy of mine that's like big time conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that it's such a, it's so much business that America does, you know, behind the scenes. That's why they're not trying to fix and these, it could be. Yeah, these yeah. places. But hey, I don't know. Yeah, know? it could be. But, but, but yeah, I, I don't like the, I don't give out just money, you know, yeah. let's fix what made you need the money, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, because the money is the band-aid, I want to, I want to give you the cure, yeah. you know what I mean, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's just an interesting, um, yeah. like, it, it's, so, like I said, it's just so much, um, I guess, stigma and drama around it, because, you know, I see older people, anti-immigration right and i'll see some younger people who are like just let them all come bleeding hearts yeah it's like <laughs> you can't just let everybody no <laughs> neither yeah. one is the right answer yeah. you know it, it was it's the same with our political uh climate right now yeah either super far left or super far right yeah it's and like i'm like man you, you, no you yeah. can't be 
that's it's crazy. There has to be compromise. Yeah. You know, we got to find that middle middle ground. Yeah. You know, and as long as people are super right or super left, we're gonna just forever. Yeah. Gotta be in that it's same circle. It's gonna be the yeah. same circle. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take one more break, and we'll be right back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinion Podcast. Please visit www.carloswallace.com. That's Carlos Wallace. We would love to hear your opinion. All right, we're back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinions podcast. We're going to close out with some good stuff, man. Uh, this has been a very interesting conversation, and, and I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, now, I, I want to ask you some, some serious questions. Uh, what's the greatest misconception about your generation? Um, I think the greatest misconception is that we're all lazy and that we all want everything handed to us because mm-hmm. I know I know a lot of people who literally like you know wake up and they're like okay I gotta do this I gotta do this because I'm trying to get to my business like I got a friend um, he's actually he lives in uh, he's from Alto okay but he's a he's a pharmacist he's been a pharmacist since I guess what like about 25 26 and he also has about 13 rent homes wow and so he went, to, he went to school, he worked throughout school, so he didn't take out any student loans. Wow. He, he had, when he, we were 18, 19. Right. He, his mindset is, this is what I want to do by the time I'm, his goal is, I want to retire by 35. Wow. And I want my rent houses to make my money. So he's like, I'm going to start working now when I'm 16 at mm-hmm. Walgreens. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, people like, there's plenty of people like that. You right. Know, that's just one that I know particularly. Right. That are like, I'm about my business and I'm about this. I know other guys who are like in my generation who are all about debt, being debt free. Mm-hmm. And so like, I got a buddy who paid off, I think $65,000 worth of debt in like a year. Right. Him and his, him and his wife, they're like, we're on our, we, he said, we're on our um, honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And it was raining. So we had to sit in the room and talk to each other. And we realized we wanted to be out of debt. Right. And so that's what we did. And he's like, and so now, and he did, I don't think he I don't think he went to college. His wife's a school teacher, so they're not making crazy money. Right. But he's like, now we got a net worth of over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars just because we decided this is how we wanted to live our lifestyle. Right. And so it's like it's plenty of people like that, but we only see the people who you know they think <laughs> want the handout, want the help, want right. this, we want, and it's like nah, it's that's only a select few. Just like with anything, it's only a select few. Correct. They get all the publicity. They get all the publicity, and that's yep. what you think everybody is, you know. And also that we're all I guess selfish and. Um, vain, yeah, it was, yeah. because it's, it's Instagram. People, people only post the good stuff on, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Right. But everybody not like that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, I, I, I uh, attribute it to the deadbeat fathers. You know. Yeah. Uh, the deadbeat fathers get all the press. Yeah. They get all the attention. Yeah. Like it's a lot of good fathers out there. We just know because yeah. to them, they just doing what they supposed to do. Yeah. They just normal old guys, right? Yeah. And uh. But I feel that way with everything. You know, that's why I wrote the book the other 99 times. Like, Mm -hmm. we focus too much on that one bad instead of appreciating and thanking God for the 99 good. You know what I mean? But it's us as a society. But society trains us to think like that. What even made me write the book was the Malaysian airline crash. Mm -hmm. Every day the news led, but we still ain't found the wreckage. We still ain't found the wreckage. Not one time did they say, man, 150,000 flights took off and landed just fine today. Not one time. But but they they talk about the wreckage every day. Yeah. So I, I feel I understand what you're saying about that. Um, sticking with that, what do you believe uh, you and your peers have contributed to society? Um, one thing I think that we're doing now is that we're kind of leading the um, I guess you said the cultural revolution. Yeah. So a lot of things are changing as far as um, 
the overall culture of how uh, I guess America is and what's cool now. Mm -hmm. It's something going on with that with our age group. Also, I think our age group is also leading us to get back into trades. Mm -hmm. Because when I was like going through school, it was taught go to college only. Right. But now a lot of people are saying, you know what? I can go work in real estate and you know make more money than you know I would have made by going to school and getting an art degree. Right. Right. Or I can do you know I can I want to be an artist. Let me just start painting and sell right. my paintings. You know, but we're, so we're doing that along with um, we're also trying to people I know are trying to create different avenues as far as what they're doing to make money and make wealth. Right. So instead of me going and working for a company for, you know, 30 years, retiring. Waiting on them. Yeah. How about I go work for them for five years, learn what I can, and then try to start my own. Right, right. And I see a lot of people, a lot of people starting to do that now that I know. They're like, I made that, I made them $250,000 last year. Right. Why can't I make myself two hundred fifty thousand? Right. I right. know, you know, and so it's like I'm starting to see a whole lot more of that. Right. From what I'm, what I'm seeing from the people that I know. Yeah. I tell any youngsters, if any y'all youngsters out there listening, if I had to do all over again, and I did pretty good, I retired at forty three, mm -hmm. but if I had to do all over again, I'd, I'd be a plumber, electrician, or or, or a welder. Yeah. Because those three jobs, they can't send to China. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those yeah. three jobs, they're gonna always need. In Texas, if you own a home, and uh, someone does any electrical work, they have to be bonded and licensed. Yeah. Or if not, the house burn, your insurance won't pay. Yeah. Same goes for the plumbing. So those people will always have a job. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, this is a great market. Home ownership is high. Yeah. So and toilets would be clogged up and electrical work will always be needed. Speaking of that, a buddy of mine I went to school with at TSU, he just um he was working at the, working at a school and he just left that school so he could go be uh, do HVAC school. There you go. He was like, he's like, man, I, I can see it in my head of me making more than I can make at this school because yep. they always you always gonna need people to fix your air conditioner, period, or to install your air conditioner, <laughs> or to fix your heater. That's right. You're gonna always need that. Period. This he's is like, Texas. No matter what, he's <laughs> That's because right. it's hot. That's right. And then it get cold. You're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. And I was like, bro, I, I and he's like, yeah, man. He said, and then he's like, I'm here, and it's not it's way easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I thought, you know, because he's good at math. He's like, it's just like doing a mad, little math problems. Yeah. It's about the same difficult for me, you know. Like, man, that's crazy. Yep. I'm telling you, man, you, if you don't know anything about AC, yeah, you in the right place. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, Look here, if that air break, they're going to get that fixed. They'll skip a car note Everything. fix that air. Oh, yeah, everything. I ain't paying that car. I need this air fix. We're going to get this air fix. I mean, that's just what it is because mama ain't landing there. Oh, hot, yeah. Dog. Not hot. Oh, she ain't no. trying to hear that. Oh, no. Because if it's hot, she ain't going to cook. Oh, no. <laughs> and everything nothing. made her mad. Everything. Doing, yeah. Turn going that TV off. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking think I'm lying, boy. You're making it hotter. Yeah. Now. Quit talking. It's hot. <laughs> Shoot. You talking, oh, your yeah. breath is hot, you're making it hot in this house. <laughs> Boy, I'm, look, when that heat, uh, that AC ain't working, oh, everything yeah. changed. Everything. Man, I'm here to tell you. Uh, who is your greatest inspiration and why? Um, so I got a couple. Yeah, you can have uh, more than one. Shoot, so one is my uncle, my mm -hmm. Uncle Joseph. Uh, so he, he moved here to Houston, but something he always showed me is, um, I guess, unconditional love. Yeah. Like, no matter what, you know, I can call him right now. Like, I had an incident in college when I was real upset. I'm like, man, I'm tired of this. I'm going to, hey, man, just calm down. Right. Think about it. Rethink it. Are you really going to do all this stuff you're saying for what? Yeah. What is it going to fix when you're not mad no more? Right. He said, you're going to end up dead, go to jail. Right. Broke, something, something can happen. Right. For what? Yeah. I was like, dang, you know, and this is, he's always <laughs> been a calming voice. 
my mother, she um, perseverance through yeah. a whole lot of stuff in life, a whole lot of things that took a lot of other people out. Right. Um, just showing that will to no matter what, I'm gonna keep going. No you know matter, what I mean? Yeah. Like even if the eyes stack against me, I'm X Y Z. I'm gonna still keep pushing. I'm gonna keep trying. Right. Um, shoot, my my grandmother and them. They, my grandmother and her sisters. Yeah. Like showed me about sacrifice for your family. Uh huh. Because I mean, like I lived with my grandmother till I was twelve. Right. You know? Right. She had raised two kids already. Yeah. But I stayed with her while you know my mother was doing what well, you knew back then. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, it's like she, her and her sisters, like like my aunts, they would come down from, they lived up in Mount Pleasant, Texas. Right. We'd ride a 10-hour every weekend, like two-hour drive. At least. It's a, one way. So they doing that every weekend for as long as I've been alive. They were uh -huh. doing that. And so it's like, but they were doing that so they could be sure to come home and help, you know, help out on the weekends, you know, give my grandmother some extra change and take right. care of their, you know, affairs they had around the city. And it's like, they did that, man, for at least 20-something 20, 20 years when I'm alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just like sacrificing to take care of your family. So I, I think, you know, pretty much my family unit has right. kind of been my biggest inspiration. Yeah. And so anything I do, I want to always think about like, dang, you know, I want to do that so I can like, I know she'll be chill like that or, you know, she'll like this. So. Man, I like that. Yeah. And I think that's what's missing the, 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 today, you know, with a lot of, you know, the people that I talk to when they lost or uh, as I travel around school to school. Yeah. And you know uh, the students that read my book, they say, "Man, I wish I'd had the nucleus that you had growing up." Yeah. And I hear that more and more. You yeah. know, of all ethnicities, you know, what yeah. I mean, it's like wow, because that that is a, a great foundation that uh, will take you through life, yeah, big time, man. Um, uh, if you had an opportunity uh, 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 to look back and go back in a time in our past and make a change, where would you go and why? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, let me see. I, I think um, if I could change anything, it might be the time of the civil rights time. Mm -hmm. And the reason, only reason I really kind of say that is that I would want them to, I guess, realize they weren't fighting together. You know, they weren't as far apart as they thought they were. Right. Because, you know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll read some books from uh, Martin Luther King, his time frame, and then just read people who commentate on that time period. And it's like, man, it don't seem like they were that far apart. But at right. that time, I guess they felt like they were, you know, miles and miles away as far as the black community. Right. Uh, just to get, you know, have them together. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think I would probably change For me, I guess East Texas. Mm -hmm. If I could change, I don't even know a time period, but to show them that you know every like, because there's a lot of different sides of the tracks, you know. Right, right, right. Black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods. Right. Maybe integrate that, so right. it's like you see that you know everybody. We all people. And not we that all, yeah, part. We, yeah. yeah, we we still all human. We like yeah. you say, it's, it's not it's not that complicated. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I got two stories I want to share, man. Uh, I was in uh, I was in Atlanta right after Harvey, like a week or two after Harvey. And um, by that time, the storm had, had rolled that way, right? Yeah. So a buddy of mine, uh, Big Mike is what I call him, big white guy, he got the handlebar mustache, yeah. like he looked like the biggest redneck yeah. you would see. <laughs> and he's not, you yeah. know what I mean? So he and I traveled up to the University of Georgia for uh, some business he had to do. And um, the guy we need, he needed to talk to was out. And they said, man, won't y'all go to lunch, eat, come back, blah, blah, blah. I said, it's all right. So we go to this barbecue place, man. 
old shack. Mm -hmm. You know, you know it's good before you go in oh, barbecue yeah. shack, right? Oh, yeah. So we go in there, man, and it's probably ten or twelve uh, redneck Harley guys, yeah. you know, and then the people working, uh, they white. Like I'm the only black in here, yeah. right? <laughs> so we go through the line, get our food, and we sat down, and uh, it's a TV on. Uh, the fat back TV, like yeah, old school I, I TV, hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, and they was talking about Harvey, and, yeah. and they were showing the, the flooded plains and this and that. And one of them said, "Hey man, you know, the government trying to orchestrate them storms to take us out." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> and so, and uh, and I said, uh, Mike looks at me. He he just rolled his eyes like, "Man, he." I said, "Bro, I could take you to the hood in Houston." And there's some black dudes having that same, same conversation. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, the 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 redneck guy and the guy that's deep hood, they not far apart. Yeah. They both think the government crooked. Yeah. You know, they don't trust no pastors. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they yeah. love God, but they don't trust the pastor. Trust <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Right. And they all got a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Like they all got this, it ain't that. It ain't what you it really think, what you think it is, it is. you know. This. The only thing that separate them is their skin colors. Yeah. And they don't even know. They, they don't know it. Yeah. And they will both fight for what they, you know, they'll yeah. fight over nothing. You exactly. know, that redneck guy will fight you over his trailer. You yeah. know, and they, the brother will fight you for coming into his apartment complex to talk to a girl without permission. Yeah. You know, and it's like, y'all don't own either one. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But they they so close and don't even realize yeah. it, man. And it's really sad. Yeah. Uh, that's the first one. The second one, uh, if I had the opportunity, I would go back during the civil rights era, during the bus boycott. Mm -hmm. You know, they the bus boycott was it was successful for the most part. They had them on their knees, like, okay, okay, blacks, y'all were right. We gonna open it up, come on back. Well, there was a time that we had already figured out our own busing system or yeah. transportation. Why go back? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily a black or white. It's like, well, we're going to create a competitive, a competing yeah. uh, transportation. Yeah. That's right. And I think if we had done that from there on, entrepreneurship would have been, been a yeah. bit of mindset. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As opposed to when, when, when so, um, food stamps came about, all these government assistance, yeah. we went from creating our own to waiting to see what they give us. Yeah. And that's just chitlins yeah. all over again. Like, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So that that's just my philosophy on that, and I may be wrong, yeah. but that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, so tell us where we can, we can find you, man, before we, so, before we close out. Um, I'm on Facebook at l.j.baring, B-E-R-I-N-G as in girl, and that's that's my initials. And I just went that way because funny story, right quick. My first college class, I think, it was political science, and so I'm green. I don't know about college, and so the girl because I got my last name's B, so I'm at the front of the row. Right. So the person in front of me had an A name. So, uh, and something like Ambria, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she goes, my name is, uh, I, that's me, but I go by, and the teacher said, I don't, I don't care what you go by. And so therefore, I thought that's every class. Right, And right. so you know you know me as Jacoy. Yeah. I get to school, Lavoisier. Right, and right. it's like, that's when people start calling me, because I didn't know you couldn't, I thought every teacher was like that. Like you right. had to say your first government name. Right. And so that's, you know, so a lot of people know me as Lavoisier, who I went to school with. Right. Everybody know me as Jacoy. And so I just said, you know what, make it easier. L.J.Baring on Facebook. On Instagram, LJ underscore Baring. Uh, Twitter, LJ underscore Baring. And also, um, I forgot to mention earlier, I do a podcast also. Right, right, yeah. Tell us about that, which, what it's about. Um, 
my podcast is called the 22 and that the reason i got that name is because it's 22 minutes in length and talk about race religion uh music culture politics Good. pretty much anything right and um i said we do it in 22 minutes and i did that because of my background in tv mm-hmm. and so uh, a normal tv show is 22 minutes of content right and so i was like you know what let me do a 22 minute show keep it like that we do that we drop those uh every monday okay and so um i'll be there and uh i think you can get me on itunes google spotify pretty much anything except for soundcloud and our heart radio right okay and so i'm everywhere with that well, we gotta check podcast. that out man yeah. hey again i want to say i appreciate having you on bro oh yeah man it, it was good when i when i uh when you hit me up and we were talking a little bit, I was like, dang, man, that's cool. And then I found out you weren't even that far from me. I'm like, hey, right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes, sir. Well, uh, hey, I'm signing out on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinion Podcast. We'll see you guys next week.